podcast contains mature content. The views and opinions expressed by the co-hosts are not necessarily those of the host. Listener discretion is advised. Who wants to walk with the Smackin' It Raw podcast? I am your host, the warden of this insane asylum, Matt Ritter. I am here with my co-host, the real heel, Eric Seeker. Hello. This is Smackin' It Raw podcast, and this is episode 22. Eric, uh, how you doing? How was your weekend? It was great. Good. I'll tell you why it was great, Matt. Okay. This class of champions was a barn burner. Fantastic. Oh, yeah? I thought it was great. Back to back. It's great matches. Now, was it a barn burner because you won our prediction podcast, or was it just a barn burner? It didn't hurt. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> but also, it was it was just a great program. A lot of great matches. Other than the uh, um, Bludgeon Brothers and Fashion Police. Brizongo. Yes, Fashion Police. Well, all right. We're talking about it, so let's talk about it. Um, we'll start with SmackDown because the pay-per-view was SmackDown, so we'll talk about that, uh, what happened at the pay-per-view, and then we'll talk about uh, what happened on SmackDown as in the fallout. Um, we had Mojo Raleigh versus Zack Ryder, which had no fallout on SmackDown, but nope. how did you think Mojo looked in his new heel role in that match on the pre-show? Uh, it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. Um it's a fairly interesting feud I think they have. Um, I hope they continue it. Yeah, we but they might. Anything huh? But they might not. Or or we'll just find out new bits of information every three weeks or so. It seems to be how they've been how they've been dealing with it. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Uh, strange uh, how they're handling that feud. And uh, what's been kind of going on with that. So, do you want to see more of Mojo Rally? Is that what you're telling me? You want more? Yeah, I, I like him. I like him a lot, actually. I think I think he uh, he could be better given the chance. Um, you know, he was pretty over for a minute. And then, um, as soon as he started getting some momentum behind him, he just kind of got you know pushed to the back of the line. I'm not sure why say, that was. I wouldn't say it was over, but then again, I haven't liked his character since he was on NXT. I watched Breaking Ground. I saw him on Breaking Ground. There's just something about the guy I don't like. And I... I mean, I could see that. Kate watched the pre-show while we were driving home from the thing that you and I both had on... Well, I... You know, the funeral on Sunday. Yeah. We were on our way back from that. Kate was watching it. I had It was uh, connected to the Bluetooth so I could hear what was going on, but I couldn't see the match. And I meant to go back and watch it, and I didn't get a chance to. Um, I've always found him to look very clumsy in his matches. He does have an issue in his matches with just... He, he is, in fact, a little too hype. Yeah. Like, I've, seen, I've seen him almost take down a referee before, and the referee was pissed. But yeah... There's been some times in the ring where um, I'm just afraid he's going to hurt somebody. So maybe maybe that's the reasoning why. Because he, you know, he was coming off that huge victory with the Andre the Giant memorial thing. And 
after that, it kind of just faded away. And that's the thing, like, well, first off, everyone kind of fades away after the memorial, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale. Like, who has that really <laughs> done anything for, other than our next topic, uh, Dolph Ziggler beats Baron Corbin and Bobby Roode for the United States title. Um, I posted a link earlier. The fallout of this is there is speculation as to whether or not this was WWE's way of writing Dolph Ziggler off the show because he's not renewed his contract or if this is just an extended sort of thing. Apparently, you know, with Batista and a few other guys, when uh, they left, they've, you know, written stories to write them off the show and it's not necessarily a loser leave town match every, every instance. So it's unknown at this point as to whether him dropping the belt during his, or at the end of his uh, celebration and that whole cameo of how great his career in WWE has been and him saying the fans don't deserve him, if that was WWE writing him off the show and that's the end of his tenure, because as we've talked about, his contract was coming up and apparently may have come up. Or it's just a story. I mean, do you really think, like in reality, they would let him go out like that? They've done it with other people. Like who? What do you mean... I mean, not necessarily taking the belt and dropping it on the ground, like not that specific way, but I mean, Batista, when he left, he walked out and pretty much trashed the crowd and said, you know, I'm done with this. And he walked out and left in the same way. He wasn't champion at the point. No. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's also, I mean, like who, who has ever like just quit in the middle of a championship run? Like they wouldn't give someone the title if they were, if they knew they were leaving the company. I don't know why not. Uh, Dolph Ziggler has a good history with them. It could have been his like last hurrah, goodbye. I'm sure they're still on good terms, you know, just because they didn't come to an but, agreement but for him to resign. But I mean, they've never done that. They've never you know, done it, but it doesn't mean that they can't do something new. I mean, the, the, no, but I mean, because nobody gets to leave with a title. He's not leaving with a title. He dropped it in the middle of the ring. Yeah, I don't know. Regardless, I don't think. Cause I mean, if he. That... Le- if he leaves, if he quits, if he's done with WWE, then they have a tournament or whatever they decide to do to determine a new United States champion. Yeah, I don't know. They've just always got you know found a way to take a belt off of somebody if they knew they were leaving the company. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. I mean, yeah, they're not going to let Bret Hart hold on to the belt when they know he's going to WCW. But right now, yeah. WWE is at his, its peak. You know, there's nobody that compares with them, and it's not like... He's taking the belt and going somewhere else. He dropped it in the middle of the ring. He said, you guys don't deserve me. And then I went on Twitter and I tweeted at Heel Ziggler a gif from Wayne's World saying we're not worthy. So I'm hoping he sees nice. that. <laughs> I hope Perfect. he enjoys that. Um, Perfect. Great match, though. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, obviously, I'm not happy Baron Corbin lost. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. And. If he's not gone, Baron Corbin will probably be competing to win his title back. Not saying he'll get it back, but he'll at least have a few more matches. Maybe they took the title off Baron Corbin because now that AJ and Jinder are done, they need a new main event heel to face AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. You're delusional. I'm not delusional. You know, you call Baron Corbin a bum. 
You know who else they called? He is a bum. You know who else got called a bum? Who? Rocky. They called Rocky a bum. Baron Corbin is the Rocky of the WWE. That's different. Mickey called him that, and it was yeah, uh huh. No, but it was more like it was more like an encouraging thing. And you're you're kind of frail and stuff like Mickey is. So you're like Baron Corbin's Mickey. I think you're calling him a bum, hoping he will listen to this podcast so that you can bring something out of him. Mickey was an old man, but he was a bruiser in his day. You're kind of built like an old man. What does that even mean? Like your gait, the way you walk, and everything. Like like men. no, like your gait and everything, like when you walk, it, it reminds me of a like, uh, 75-year-old man. Fair enough. Regardless, Baron Corbin is the Rocky of the WWE. Thank you for being his Mickey. Um, absolutely not the Rocky of the WWE. We also had a tag team match, a fatal four-way tag team match, which was interesting. I liked that instead of the... You know, two guys in the ring, and you can tag anyone you want into the match. It was four guys in the ring, and they could only tag their partners. Like, I, I like that yeah. version better than four teams and only two guys in the ring at once, and anyone can get tagged in. But uh, as you predicted, and it was the one prediction that allowed you to win the predictions, because there were only two matches that we disagreed on, and that's not just you, me, but you, me, and Travis. None of us picked the same person in... The U.S. title match, none of, well, no, you and uh, Travis did both pick Bobby Roode. I'm sorry. But nobody picked the same team in the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team match. And that was the one match that gave you the win for this pay-per-view. So congratulations on your prediction win, your return back to the top. The Usos won. And then on SmackDown, what happened? What do you mean? What happened on SmackDown to the Usos? Uh, yeah, they, they, they lost. Yeah. Instead of, uh, I, I I don't understand what they're doing really in the tag team division, how Rusev and Aiden English beat the Usos and then beat the new day. But then the Usos come out on top in the fatal four way just to lose to Gable and Benjamin the very next, what's technically for them the very next night, you know, they got to start building up. Benjamin and Gable, they they needed to win against the Usos. They, for an, it they, was a non-title match, so it made sense. They've been building up Gable and Benjamin, but I mean, yeah, it makes sense in a non-title match. I just I'd expect to see them beat the New Day or Rusev and Aiden English prior to beating the champs one night after the or two nights technically after the champs just won a big match in the pay per view. Yeah, you know. We also had the, uh, how did I put it here? Um, I hate christmas theme matches, especially before Christmas when they have shows on or the day after Christmas. That, that was a but, great segment. So, But so the twerking gingerbread man may have been worth it for me. Even, even before that, backstage... Oh, with the Rusev Day shirt and him and, and Biggie the, and shoving the fl- pancakes and the flapjacks and, and you know <laughs> what did Biggie say? He was like, uh, uh, "You don't flap the wrong jack." <laughs> yeah, and then later on at the end of the match, where they had the flapjacks and Aiden English and Rusev are putting all the toppings on, and then Aiden English gets 
thrown onto the flapjacks, gets a flapjack onto it. Um, I believe Byron's like, he just got flapjacked into some flapjacks. Yeah. Did you see when um, Xavier Woods penned uh, Aiden English that he spit some pancake out of his mouth? Yes, I did see that. I do remember seeing that. Like it He went horrifying. into the ring to go get in the pin, and he went, do it. Not even like that. He, he, he slowly pushed it out of his mouth. It was disgusting. Absolutely, and they showed it in the replay a little bit. Absolutely horrifying. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I guess there is an entertainment aspect. I just back when well, I was I mean, a kid, I enjoyed seeing Stone Cold come out and stunner Santa and shit like that. But now, like seeing wrestlers dressed up as Christmas characters, I know it's for the kids, but that does nothing for me. Like these kinds of matches no, just kind of bore me. Normally, I'd agree with you, but everything about this was just so goddamn funny. Like, from the very first moment, I knew it was going to be funny because when Rusev walked up to them backstage, he pulled down the Santa Claus beard and he said, it's me, Rusev. (laughs) (laughs) As if they didn't recognize him. I will say Rusev. Oh, go ahead. Rusev could make a pretty good face turn. That man can be fucking hilarious. Dude, he was going ballistic when everyone was chanting Rusev Day. Yeah. It was it was awesome. I think he definitely has a face run in him cuz he's he's a really likable guy and he's really funny. And JR was actually I was listening to JR's podcast uh as I was driving home today and JR was talking about that and how he's got a smile that kind of lights up the room and he's got a very funny side to him and how he could easily, you know, turn face and get the crowd behind him and He's got a lot of talent. I just wish he'd start wrestling barefoot again. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I think I don't know why he stopped doing that, but I think he broke. I, his I, foot. I give a yeah. I could think of a couple of reasons. First of all, <laughs> walking on that mat's got to be gross. All the sweat, <laughs> spit, blood. And uh, Second of all, yeah, he probably got his fucking foot broke. Well. Let's get to the big news. The big news on Raw, the big news on SmackDown. We had Natalia versus Charlotte in a lumberjack match because that's exactly what it was, was a lumberjack match. Travis called it Lumberjill last week. They don't do lumberjills anymore. And uh, all of this with Charlotte retaining and Carmella almost cashed in. If they hadn't, if Ruby Riot hadn't run in the ring and hit her, Carmella was about to cash in. Finally, we almost had it, and then it was taken away. Anyway, all this led to the major announcement that actually happened on Monday, but Charlotte came out and talked about on Tuesday, we are getting a women's rumble at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that's awesome. I did the math, Eric, because you had some concerns about this. I don't know how they're going to do it time-wise, but... If you include Nikki Bella as part of the SmackDown roster, and there are rumors that not only is she training for her in-ring return, but that Brie is too, and Brie could be a special. I'm sure we might get a few surprises, but if you count the Raw roster and the SmackDown roster, not including the champions, not including Stephanie McMahon, just the female wrestlers, you have 20 women on the roster. You have 10 women on the NXT roster. 
That makes 30 if you include Nikki Bella. Now, if you don't put everybody on the NXT roster on there, if you don't include Nikki Bella, that still leaves room for them to bring in some surprise returns. I know I saw Michelle McCool hint that it was around her birthday. I saw Trish Stratus talking about it, and then at the end of her tweet said, now wear them boots. So this could be a point in time where women like that come back for, you know, quote-unquote, one more match. We've had legends like Kevin Nash and stuff like that in the past just show up at the Royal Rumble for shits and giggles. We have enough women to do a 30-woman rumble. Yeah, that makes sense. And that would be awesome. I would really like to see that. Maybe we'll have quite a few uh, special special entrants into it. And this might lead to some possible call-ups. I honestly, I knew what Stephanie was coming out to announce when she came out to announce it, but I was hoping that she was actually going to announce the women's tag titles. I knew Royal Rumble's right around the corner. Both things were rumored. More than likely, we were getting the Royal Rumble. But I was hoping, like, there was just a little bit of me that was like, I'd rather get the tag titles. And the reason why is, like I said, I don't know how many matches we can have on a pay-per-view that has two full-length Royal Rumbles. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I think they'll probably hold off on the tag titles for a while, though, because there really aren't any, uh, you know, other than, like, Absolution and the Riot Squad, like, teams. Bailey and Sasha, who are not competing against Alexa. Actually, no one is competing against Alexa Bliss right now. Apparently, she doesn't need a story. But Bailey and Sasha are best friends. They've alluded to being a team. Alexa Bliss and Nia are best friends. They've alluded to being a team. There are teams that could be formed, as well as finally bringing up Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, who are the iconic duo, who were the only female tag team before really there were any anything on the main roster. You know, they've been yeah. calling themselves the iconic duo. They've been a tag team long before there were any tag teams. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, absolutely. And if the Bella Twins come back at the Royal Rumble, they're a tag team. Oh, yeah, perfect. If they if so, they do come back. Yeah, well, I know Brie was training to make her in-ring return, and they even showed it on an episode of Total Divas, her in-ring training um, with Daniel Bryan coaching her, helping her get back um, now that she's had a kid. I do know that's her goal. My guess is because everything's taped so far ahead of time from when it airs, is that this is what she's training for. Yeah. Um, We did get a tag team match with Naomi and Charlotte versus the Riot Squad. It was an all right match. Nothing, I mean, unless there was something you really wanted to talk about there, there was really nothing going on. Uh, on SmackDown? Yeah, right after Charlotte had her... It, it was it, a good speech. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Naomi came down. She announced herself as the first entrant from SmackDown in the Women's Rumble. Oh, Naomi the was Ru- awesome, too. Yeah, no, Naomi... She Hers was a lot shorter than Charlotte. Like, she came out and she's like, I want to officially announce myself as the first SmackDown female to enter themselves into the rumble. And they're like, oh yeah, she's making history. And then the riot squad came out and she kind of shut them down a little bit and they got in the ring. Yeah. Then the match I thought she sounded badass, but man, I hate that. Uh, the riot squad lost that match. 
I do too. Like that's a big shot to their momentum. It you know? should they like they've followed almost everything that Raw's been doing with Absolution to a T with this. Yeah. Uh, up until now, where Absolution on Monday, it was a no contest, right? Right. They should have done the same thing with uh, the Riot Squad this week because them losing like cleanly like that. I get they're going up against Charlotte and stuff like that, but uh, it's just it's not a good look for them that they they just came onto the show in such a dominant way. Have them lose and like what was that was their first match, right? I don't. Oh well, is maybe their first or second match? Yeah, it was it was definitely their second, if not their first. I think it might have been their yeah. second. I think Ruby Riots had some matches. I think that's the first time either Sarah Logan or Liv Morgan. Well, I, it was just Sarah Logan. I think it was Ruby and Liv. So I think that was the first. Sorry, Ruby and uh, Sarah. I think that was Sarah's first full on yeah. SmackDown match. Well, the good news is that even though they lost, they look good. Yeah, no, they did. Like they, they that was a really. Um... It was just a, a pretty good match. Ruby Riot, especially. The only thing that we have to talk about on SmackDown, and it's probably going to be my favorite thing to talk about this week, is Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. So we yeah. have this tag team match at the pay-per-view. You've got all this tension between Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon, where, you know, they're not sure who gets the call, what pinfalls, you know. Obviously, during this entire match, it is clear how biased Shane is. He's letting counts linger as Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn get tied up in the ropes, and Orton or Shinsuke are putting pressure on him. But as soon as Orton or Shinsuke touch the ropes, he breaks Orton, or he breaks Owens and Zayn right off those guys. Um, it all came to a head when Orton hits an RKO on Kevin Owens, Shane goes down for the pin, or I'm sorry, Orton hit an RKO on Zayn. Shane goes down for the pin and Owens bum rushes in the ring, knocking Daniel Bryan backwards over Shane, breaking the count. From that point on, uh, Sammy got a roll up. And Shane went in, counted two, and then stopped and didn't count the three. Daniel got in his face. All of this and Shane's actions led to Daniel Bryan doing an extremely fast three count that Shane McMahon tried to break up. Like They were alluding to the fact that Shane was sliding in there to count himself because that was his established side of the ring. But it looked to me like Shane was diving at Daniel Bryan to break that count, period. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah, he was absolutely. trying to stop Daniel from counting anything, whether it was quick or otherwise. I'm really so, loving the storyline. Uh, yeah, no, it's very entertaining. I love how Kevin and Sammy are all buddy-buddy with Daniel, and Brian, Daniel's like, no, fuck you guys. Like, yeah, I didn't do <laughs> well, it for you. Also, it was really cool on SmackDown, just um, Shane walking away, kind of just saying, I trust you, but the look on his face said something else. It'll be interesting to see where they go with that because I think Shane's going to be coming back with something. Oh, yeah. and So Daniel Bryan comes out. He completely ignores what happened the night before. And he talks about the Women's Rumble. He talks about the main event. 
And as he's about ready to take off, Shane's music hits. Shane comes down. Shane explains exactly why he did everything. Which, by the way, just because you're thinking about all the shit the guy that's pinning or the team that's pitting the people that, you know, you're refereeing did to you and your family as an impartial referee, that, that, that is the exact opposite of being impartial. That is the exact reason Daniel Bryan was there was because Sammy was about to win the match and you stopped the count because, well, Sammy and Kevin interrupted survivor series and ruined it for team blue, which whether they had attacked him or not, team blue was going to lose. And Sammy Zayn stopped me from getting my revenge on Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens had butted my dad and blah, 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 blah. That's the whole reason Daniel Bryan was there was so you didn't pull some bullshit like that. You admitted to pulling it and why you pulled it. So Daniel yeah. Bryan had every reason to be there. But you want Daniel Bryan to explain to you why he fast counted. So Daniel explained. He said, eh, I made a mistake. My, Just like you, my emotions got the best of me. But I was doing what I thought was right. And we got the what's best for business line from Shane, which drew the ire of yep. Daniel Bryan, which was great because Daniel Bryan fought against the authority and quote-unquote what was best for business. My favorite part of that whole opening segment, though, was when uh, Daniel Bryan said, I don't want Shane McMahon to become Mr. McMahon. Yeah, that was great. It was a great... That, that was... I don't know. Something about that just felt really historic. And if this is all leading up to Shane and Daniel at WrestleMania, that makes me pretty happy. And I'll tell you what else makes me happy, Matt, is to hear you um, talking t- talking real positive about uh, Daniel Bryan. I was going to get this to that. This is pretty so, rare. Pretty rare. No, listen. The WWE has finally done it. Daniel Bryan's been around for how fucking long? In the WWE? Fucking long, long time. Seven years? Se- more? Yeah, like seven years or some shit like that. And I have hated this man from the time I started watching again around Team Hell No all the way through his babyface push. Not hated him. I shouldn't say hated him. I just didn't think, I didn't understand why the fans wanted him. I didn't get it. And I wasn't with the whole yes movement. Like, it wasn't my thing. I thought Daniel Bryan was a great mid-carder, and that's where he should stay. I didn't think he was main event talent, and I didn't like that everyone was like, no, this guy, this guy. Like, it didn't make sense to me. But finally, after all this time, WWE is winning me over with this Daniel Bryan character. This is what <laughs> it took, was him defending the bad guys. And But, yeah, no, I, I actually defended him on the Smack and Raw page, too. Like, I'm with it, all right? Like. I'm I'm Team Daniel on this one, not Team Shane. So I'm glad well, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. And if That's, that can uh, happen, then there is a possibility in the future one day you may be Team Baron. Because if I can if I can root for Daniel Bryan, then it's more than possible for you to root for Baron Corbin one day. Just putting that out there. I don't flip flop. Oh, bullshit. I don't flip-flop on the issues, man. No, you don't You don't flip-flop. You just have a mild form of rare made-up dyslexia. <laughs> Sometimes I say the opposite of what I mean. It's a disease. You know that's not what dyslexia is, right? Sure it is. No, it's dyslexia is not I, saying... I didn't say it was dyslexia. It's a form of dyslexia. <laughs> oh, okay. 
It's a different. It's a different. It's a rare. It's rare. And it only, it's a rare it, only, it only flares up like what once every five years or so, or when when convenient. Occasionally, it flares up occasionally. Just so you guys know, the discussion that is going on right now, during the pay per view, during the or at the end of the United States title match, uh. Mr. Seeker here, the real heel, said he deserved extra points for Dolph Ziggler's win. To which I replied, why? Because you said you wanted him to win, but you picked Bobby Roode instead? And then there was a heated argument back and forth as to who Eric actually picked, so on and so forth. Uh, To which Eric finally conceded that he did pick Bobby Roode, but due to a rare form of dyslexia that since this podcast has started has only flared up once, he meant he wanted Dolph Ziggler, but instead he said he wanted, or I'm sorry, he meant to say, I want Bobby Roode to win, but I'm going with Dolph Ziggler. And instead it came out, I want Dolph Ziggler to win, but I'm going with Bobby Roode was his story. In the end, he didn't get the point and it didn't matter anyway, because he won anyway. But that is, uh, that is the bullshit that he is pulling on our Facebook page during these pay-per-views. It's asking for extra points. Yeah. Well, I need a doctor's note. It's private. It's <laughs> private. Need... It's private matter, frankly. No, it is. If you're going to use it as a work-related excuse, I'm going to need this a doctor's note. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. Is. You're not paying me. You better I'm start not paying, paying you, buddy. Once we get sponsors, Travis will pay you. Travis Travis is the one with the checkbook. You got to talk to oh, him. Oh, is he? All right. Yeah. All right. I'll hit him up. He started. Tonight. He started Creation Magazine. He just gave me a spot to come bullshit with you about wrestling. That's all this is. Oh, okay. If, right. if he's well, not cutting you your paychecks, you better get on him about that. Yeah, I'll call him. All right, you got anything else from either the pay per view or SmackDown you want to bring up or talk about? Um, AJ Styles is the greatest. He was on I'm not. Those, so. I'm not even talking about either of those matches. Like I gave, I could give two shits at AJ beat Jinder, big whoop, um, and that cool main match, event though. on that main event. It was an okay match. It was a good AJ Styles match, and it was an average Jinder Mahal match. It wasn't anything. It wasn't great. You know, it wasn't AJ versus Finn Balor. It wasn't. AJ versus Kevin Owens or anything like that. It was it was all right. And the six man tag match, I could have gave two shits about that match. That had no implications. No, no. it was just oh, these are the three or these are the six guys that are in the main event, and now they're in a main event match. Like nothing came out of that. It was, yeah. So you got nothing else? You good? <laughs> Yeah, I got nothing else on that. All right, well, let's move on to Raw. And from the opening segment of Raw, Kurt Angle came out to discuss what was going to occur, who the new number one contender to face Brock Lesnar at Royal Rumble was going to be, and what it came down to after Braun showed up, and then Kane showed up, and then Brock showed up was Kurt Angle announcing it would be a triple threat match and then running the fuck out of the ring. And those three attacked each other, and Brock pretty much came out on top. You know what I loved? 
Brock what? hit the F5 on Kane. He yeah. got out of the ring, and he slowly backed up the rampway. And then Kane sat up. Everyone was like, holy shit. It was one fucking F5. And Kane sat up well after he would have taken a three count and lost the match. So it really wasn't that impressive. <laughs> you know, it's not like he sat up right away, like, in time to have kicked out. Like, he laid there out for a good minute tops, you know, if not longer. Yeah. So. It's a little ridiculous. He, he still would have fucking lost. Like, it is what it is. <laughs> but uh, do you think that we could see a title change, or are they just buying time uh, for the Roman versus Brock Mania match that has been rumored forever? Um, I think that Kane is going to eat the pen to protect Strowman. I can see that. I can see that 100%. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. So you don't think the title's going to change? No. Now that Roman Reigns is our Intercontinental Champion, do you think that he's no longer factored into Wrestle Brock at WrestleMania? Do you think those plans have changed at all? That I don't know. I mean... There's not much going on with the IC title right now with Reigns. Um, what do you mean there's not much going on? He's feuding with both Jason Jordan and Samoa Joe simultaneously. Yeah, but nothing happened this week with it, and I only have a week-long memory. Right, that's true, and that is because Roman Reigns was not on the show this week. Right, yeah. I don't, my, I only have a week-long memory, so I, I can't. He wasn't on this week, so they're not doing much with it. Okay. Well, what happened was uh, Jason Jordan interjected himself in the Samoa Joe and Shield business again, which got him a match with Seth Rollins. Yeah. So, from this uh, clusterfuck, we ended up getting a six-man tag match where it was Jason Jordan and Ambrose and Rollins versus... Samoa Joe in the bar. And again, it was another eh sort of deal. Didn't really develop anything. My question is, do you think we're going to get Jordan versus Reigns or Joe versus Reigns or a triple threat match for the title? And before you answer that, I'm going to make it a two-parter so you got more time to talk. Is Jason Jordan a heel at this point with his actions? I'll answer the second question first. He's 100% a heel. And I'm I'm happy about that. Because like we've talked about many times, uh, they really haven't done much with Jason Jordan and his Kurt Angle storyline for quite some time. So it's cool to see him come out and just like abuse the, uh, abuse his, you know, his father's status to get matches that he doesn't deserve and then lose every single one of them. Like, it's really... Because he went from getting no reaction to, like, now he gets pretty consistently booed from everybody. Yeah. So that's, and that was that's my, good. That was my next question is, when the fuck is he going to win a match? Because, like, you can only push a guy with all these main event superstars and everything so long and have him put on, honestly, really good fucking matches yep. with the top guys on Raw, but never win a fucking match before everyone stops caring. Yeah. Like, if your plan is to push this guy, he needs to get something. 
he does, and he needs to get something soon because he's just he's so good in the ring and he can put on great matches. He needs to be he needs to be uh, really given something to work with. Which so far he's just kind of. It seems like they're just kind of trying him out with a bunch of people to see who works, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see, because uh, like I said, you've got two full-length Rumbles, and it's a mixed pay-per-view. So I'm not sure how many matches from Raw we're going to get and how many matches from SmackDown we're going to get. So it'll be curious to see how many titles are actually factored in. I know, obviously, there's going to be a universal title match, but really that and the two Royal Rumble matches are all we know at this point of what's taking place at the Royal Rumble. We have no match for the WWE Championship, nothing for the IC title set in stone yet, and obviously we have no idea what the fuck is going on with the U.S. title. Um, So to be curious is to see how many matches take place and how they do all of that. But one person that needs to have a match and needs to have a match immediately is Matt Hardy, and that matches with Bray Wyatt because I'm sick of just yeah. seeing them on the Titantron week after week. You know what? They don't even need to have a match. Just get in the ring and have promos. For sure. Stop stop getting on the screen and making me listen to you talk. I love Bray Wyatt because he's a good talker, but he also gets shit done in the ring. And he's entertaining as fuck to watch when he's doing his wrestling in the ring. Yeah, you know? it's always... It's always more entertaining to see people go at each other in the ring. Like, this is three weeks in a row the, now that we just got mic. promos. Yeah, it's too much. Like it's enough already. They've been teasing it for too long, and they need to actually get into the into some actual uh, some actual wrestling. The the last real good match I remember seeing Bray Wyatt have was against uh, the man who's going to be my pick for this year's Royal Rumble winner. Um, the man who I believe deserves to be our new Universal Champion and will go on to oh defeat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, uh, Goldust. <laughs> Goldust. <laughs> that is not what you expected, was it? No, that's not, that's not what I saw coming. So you and Travis like to do the Mordecai thing. I'm going to jump on this Goldust for Champion train, and that's going to be my... It's gonna be my lane on this podcast. I don't think any a, of us. I don't think any of us said Mordecai should be the champion. No, you. I'm just saying, you guys are advocating for Mordecai, who no longer exists. He exists. He does not he exist. He doesn't exist. You can't just that decide character don't exist, Matt. That character is dead. It's gone. It's like Cactus Jack and Dude Love. They're yeah, gone. They don't exist. It'll always be a part of us. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a very some, nice way to think about it. some small way. Um, oh, I like that you said small, because our next subject is uh, 205 Live. We had Finn Balor in a handicap match against the Miz Poor fucking Finn. I feel bad for him. But on the bright side, Hideo Itami made his debut, and it turns out that even though he debuted against the Miz to help out Finn Balor, he wasn't debuting on Raw as a Raw guy. He was debuting on Raw to go immediately to 205 Live and join that division, which I didn't no, quite get. Sucks. That sucks. So his 205 Live debut, well, it sucks, but I knew Hideo Itami was going there because they've been rumored, it's been rumored to happen for about a month now. Oh, I thought okay. I talked about it a little bit. So 
he was he's going there, and then it was also rumored Alistair Black maybe going there, and I pray to God that doesn't happen. But we'll see. Um, I'm wondering now, A, um, why not debut him with the 205 Live guys? Why have him debut with Finn Balor unless Balor might be getting moved down to 205 Live to beef up that brand? Oh, shit. Or are the 205 Live guys not, like, strictly required to wrestle other 205 Live guys on Raw? Can they have other matches and we just didn't know that this was possible? I mean, so far they haven't. But, yeah, maybe that'll change. I don't know. Do you think they? Do you think that 205 Live's struggling so bad that they might move Balor down? I, I mean... He really doesn't have anything else to do right now. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to say it because he's a great, he's a great. <coughs> he's really got nothing else going on right now, and they lost Neville. Um, yeah, which they, Neville shouldn't have been there in the first place. Like Neville here, deserves here, so here, much here's more. Here's the thing, though. Like, if you take everyone off the table like that. Like, you know, obviously, like, I think Neville is a great wrestler, and I think Finn Balor is a great wrestler. But if you just immediately take everyone off the table like that and consider going down to 205 Live a demotion instead of, like, an opportunity for them to really prove themselves and draw eyes onto a struggling show, I don't know. I think that's kind of a problem, you know? Like, well, it, I didn't it didn't necessarily cons- be a bad thing. I didn't consider a demotion for Enzo Amore because I actually think it's done good things for Enzo. I just hate to see a glass ceiling put over guys like Neville and Finn Balor, who were NXT champion, who should be able to compete in the main event against guys like Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar and shouldn't just be relegated to, well, you're in this division now. You know, there is a glass ceiling when they put them in the 205 live division this is as high as you can go. And those guys proved themselves in NXT to be worth so much more than being shoved into the sideshow and saying, all right, well, you can get here, but that's it. Well, I mean, uh, it, it doesn't need to be a sideshow, though. I mean, if they're if they can work hard enough, it could happen. I mean, now they obviously have a following, you know? Um, well, now, you say it doesn't have to be a sideshow. Explain that, because right now, it is a show that airs after SmackDown, strictly on the WWE Network, and it is its own separate segment on Raw. Like, they make a big deal about this the way they used to make a big deal about women's matches back in the 60s. Like... Yeah, that, yeah that's fair. I mean, it just doesn't have to be, though. Like, why why shouldn't there be great talent on there? I agree with you. And I hate that they made it a 205 weight limit because I don't think Rey Mysterio, I think Rey Mysterio at this point might weigh a little more than 205. So, like, it would be great to get those guys in and just have it be a division and not make a big deal. Like, this is the cruiserweight division and these are the cruiserweights. Guys like Rey Mysterio busted their ass to break that stigma, to become heavyweight champion, to show that just because we weigh this much doesn't mean we need to be pigeonholed here. And now they've created that pigeonhole again. 
And Rey Mysterio is 175. At, right now, you just Googled it, his weight, yeah. right now? Yeah. Well, he could be in the division then. But, That'd be awesome. And it would be a good draw. But like I said, they tried so hard to break that stigma of, oh, you don't weigh over 200 pounds, you can't be heavyweight champion because you're a cruiserweight. Rey yeah. Mysterio proved you could. Guys like Neville and Finn Balor busted their ass in NXT yeah, totally. to show that they could run a brand. And, I mean, having them go down to 205 Live for a little bit doesn't mean they can't ever come up to the main roster and do that again. But I think I think WWE, if they are going to move Baylor down, they just want to use his star power to get people to go to the network and go to that show because people aren't doing it, and they thought people would. Because people want to yeah. see that, that kind of wrestling, you know? Well, here's my other thing is I feel like 205 Live would be better paired on SmackDown than it is on Raw. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. So, there's there's that too. I think they made a mistake by giving the Raw brand 205 Live. Yeah, I mean, SmackDown, yeah, especially since it airs right after SmackDown. But I don't think SmackDown has time to feature one of their matches. Well, so here's my thing. One show should have gotten the cruiserweight division, and the other show should have gotten the women's division. Yeah. You've got three hours on Raw. You can feature a lot more shit with the female wrestlers in their women's division than, you than you know, allotting time on SmackDown. And the time that you allot on SmackDown since 205 Live has its own show and it comes on immediately after SmackDown. You don't need to a lot. Uh, you don't need to use a lot of time on SmackDown for the cruiserweights. You can start to build something so that people want to tune in immediately after SmackDown to find out what's going on, and then they've got a full hour of those guys right after the show to watch it. You start building shit on Monday, and I finish watching three hours of Raw on Monday with a little bit of the 205 Live guys, and then I watch two hours of SmackDown on Tuesday. The last thing I want to do is think about what happened on Monday and then go watch, you know, another hour of wrestling for something that happened a day ago to pay off. I'll watch the extra hour on Tuesday if the build shows up on Tuesday. If I get a little bit of a build on Monday, I've forgotten by the time I finished Raw, watched all of SmackDown, what the fuck I wanted to go see on 205 Live on Tuesday night. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's 100% true. And it's like having a third hour of the show, but strictly on the WWE Network. So if you want a third hour on Tuesdays, you've got it. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. They really need to hire me. Between my (laughs) NXT, SmackDown, Raw, you know, positioning idea and how to move talent up, and then this, they really need to call me and be like, hey, listen. You got some good ideas, kid. Come on in. <laughs> uh, while we're on 205 Live, Cedric Alexander became the number one contender for the Cruiserweight Championship, but Enzo Amore got a text and just kind of walked out in the middle of the match, which caused Drew Gulak, or as I'm not going to call him, Drew Cockblock, uh, to get distracted. And uh, it appears that the text was from Nia Jax, which... The way Enzo smiled at Nia Jax was really fucking creepy. 
Yeah, this was all cut out of the Hulu version. I think. Uh... Okay, so Enzo goes in the back. Nia Jax is there. Says, "Oh, did you get my text?" This and that, blah blah blah. They're kind of talking and flirting. Enzo's got this really creepy look on his fucking face. And then Drew Gulak, right in the middle of Enzo, about to ask Nia Jax out, like shows up and cock blocks Enzo for whatever reason. He kind of keeps doing this. I don't, I really don't know where this is going. Like Enzo has no interest whatsoever in anyone on 205 Live that he may or may not face. His entire focus is on Nia Jax. It's not any of his com- I mean, I, I haven't seen any of it, but just from what you described to me is just a bizarre storyline to be doing, especially if you're trying to push that brand of 205 Live. Your champion is just off on this fucking random storyline and not having anything to do with defending his championship. Yeah, I mean, they had a number one contenders match. He was commentating. He walked out in the middle of that match to go talk to Nia Jax. Like, he said specifically, like, he didn't care who won. Like, he's convinced that whoever is on the roster right now, he can beat. He has no competition. None of these guys are worth his time. Now, I don't, I did not watch 205 Live, so I don't know if that's changed now that Hideo and Tommy showed up, but that doesn't matter because Hideo's not the number one contender right now. Cedric Alexander is. I have enjoyed what they've done with Drew Gulak, though, and this whole thing with him being part of the Zoe train. Drew Gulak is one of the very few entertaining characters on 205 Live. You watch it every week? I don't watch it every week. I've actually missed the last few weeks. Um, But even just what I see on Raw, the stuff that you missed that they cut out, um, I enjoyed him doing his PowerPoint presentation. But even like the backstage segments on Raw that you guys apparently missed – He's been extremely entertaining. Well, that's good. Because the show, I mean, I, I, I want to watch it, but I just don't care. I don't get it. I tried watching it for a while, but it well, wasn't what I thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? If you can find I time, I, I get what you're saying, but what I'm going to say is if you can find time to try and watch 205 Live, then you can use that time to watch NXT, which is way fucking better. All right. Um, yeah, if I watch anything, I'm gonna, I want to watch that. <laughs> Is that sarcasm? No, no. Oh, okay. I mean, it, it, it sounded a little sarcastic. If I had to choose between the two, it would definitely be NXT. Yeah. So um, five live. And you know what NXT gave us? NXT gave us the undefeated Asuka, who is still undefeated. When the fuck is she? Or, sorry. Who do you think? will break her streak, and how long do you think? Because it's now technically in the canon of WWE. I think like almost three years, if not longer, that she's been undefeated. I I don't think the streak's going to get broken anytime soon. But what they need to do, because all they've had her on is squash matches lately. She hasn't had any challenges yet. And they need to get... That was her whole thing in NXT. Under Moon came along, she had no challenges. Yeah, but I mean, they've just been putting her in squash matches. They haven't, you know, given her like a title uh, shot or anything like that. Or they well, that's given because she would squash Alexa Bliss and then... She doesn't have any storyline at all. Alexa Bliss doesn't either. Yeah, right now, yeah, she she definitely doesn't. But, um, yeah, they got to do something with Asuka soon. Because 
the audience, the regular audience, will just get bored with her coming out and doing squash matches every week. I agree. I agree. Um, another big surprise that we got on Monday Night Raw, the return of The Revival. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. You didn't see it? They didn't put it on the Hulu version. The, well, revival the Revival wasn't important enough for the Hulu version, apparently. We got The Revival of The Revival. Um, I mean, it was it, they hit the Shatter Machine. You know, they and got they went up finisher. against Heath Slater and Rhino? Yeah, they went up against Heath Slater and Rhino. After which, Kurt Angle let Heath Slater and Rhino know that um, if they want to compete in the tag division, they're going to need to change. And Heath Slater was freaking out, thinking that meant he was going to get fired. He talked about how he had kids, this and that. Rhino said that they're going to, Rhino's going to train him to toughen him up so that they can change to hang in a tag division that has the shield and the bar. And that's what I was going to get at is I love the revival. I think they are probably the best tag team to come out of NXT. Despite the fact that since they've been on the main roster, they've been plagued with injuries. But in a division where everyone is a former intercontinental or, and I'm only saying intercontinental because they never gave Cesaro a heavyweight championship, but pretty much everyone competing right now for the heavyweight for the tag team titles is a former multi-time heavyweight champion. Yeah. How does a regular tag team even compete in that division? Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Like, why would you, I, I, I'd be like, put me back down on NXT until you fix this because. Yeah. Seth I mean, Rollins, I like the revival and everything, but I don't see them legitimately going up against any of those guys. And it doesn't help that they're made out of glass. Apparently. Yeah, and you know, we're saying that now, but it's only the first week. They could possibly build these guys to fucking steamroll through and show that they're on, as a tag team, on the same level or better than the Shield or the Bar. Oh, Matt. Matt. They could. They could, Eric. You you know that you... Don't don't even think such... You know that's not true. You know know you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. You know they're never going to do that. Um, speaking of Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, I talked about it. Apparently after Raw, Dean Ambrose may have suffered a bicep tear. He went to the hospital to get checked out to, uh, do some exploratory surgery. So he may be out for a while, which means with the shield out of the picture, it's a perfect time for somebody like, oh, I don't know, the revival to step up and go against Sheamus and Cesaro for those tag team titles. Maybe, you know, uh, Ambrose never gets injured. Yeah, very rarely. So I don't remember him ever being injured, actually. Never. This is the, this would be the first time if it's actually going to keep him keep him away. Yeah. And uh, we actually, we didn't have a match on Raw between the women in the women's division. I was just thinking about this because we we were talking about it earlier. Um, We had a brawl between all the women in the locker room uh, with Stephanie coming out and everyone just kind of stopping. Yeah. And then she announced that women's Royal Rumble. Yeah. You know, Raw really sucked. 
this week. You, I thought really you didn't like Raw this week? No. I mean, with the return of the revival, the major that, triple threat announcement. I understand that the major triple threat announcement for the Royal Rumble to I see mean, Kane Brunch. Huh? Announcement. Well, you had a tussle between the three guys in the ring. Yeah, I mean that that part was pretty cool, but the rest of um, it was just uh, I don't know. SmackDown's just so much better. I just and I mean, Raw stole their th- stole the thunder of announcing the Women's Royal Rumble. Yeah, but you know they also do it in the most self serving way. I kind of hate it, like, it, you know, I get why they do it, but sometimes it's kind of annoying when they talk about how they're going to make history instead of just making history. Understandable, understandable. But you've got to announce it. You can't just, Oh, you know, 100%. It's just, uh, you know, Stephanie's got to come out and make it about her, I guess. She didn't really make it about her. She made it about the women. And if you think about it, Eric, in that situation, it's a double-edged sword because it's the first ever Women's Royal Rumble. So if you don't come out and you don't make it a big deal about it, then you're going to get the, oh, well, what are we not important? Why, you know, this is the first ever. Why is it not a big deal? And then in the other hand, you know, you come out and you're like, first ever Women's Royal Rumble. We're going to make history again, blah, blah, blah. Then there are people like you who are like, why you got to be so self-serving? Why why well, no, play it up no. so much? Why not just do it? I mean, like, like I said, I understand why they did it. But I think just the simple act of, of having that match in and of itself without even, you know, m- making a big deal out of it is historical and would be a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, Fair you don't enough. need to tell me it's history-making. Because it obviously is. Right. Uh, Two notes that I've got as far as um, news-wise, and then we'll get into who's winning, who's losing. Uh, So, and I wish Travis was here, the WWF was advertising during Monday Night Raw and SmackDown this week on WWE TV. Really? There were WWF advertisements. The World Wildlife Foundation, who sued WWE and made them change their name, is now buying advertising time during their show to promote their cause. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, it made me laugh. I'm sitting there, I'm like, really? Like, you sued this company, you were all upset that they'd been calling themselves WWF, even though it's been WWF for years you sued them over a website, and now you're paying them to advertise your product. I still never understood that. Like, nobody was correlating their company with the World Wrestling Federation, you know? Here was the thing. They had trademarked, I guess, WWF, World Wildlife Fund, or Foundation. Yeah. WWE purchased WWF.com. So now, in their mind, they are the WWF. They can't have WWF.com because this other company is calling themselves WWF because they trademarked the fact that they were the WWF. It was either change your change your name 
or give us the website and you guys go be WWF.org or whatever, you know? Yeah. So Vince is like, fuck it. Here you go. You can have them both. We're WWE now, bitch. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of suck, though, because Federation sounds so much cooler. I agree. I agree. And it's because of changing its world wrestling entertainment that we stopped calling them wrestlers. They're now yeah. superstars. It's not wrestling. It's sports entertainment. It's changed the whole perception. Um, also, next week on Raw, the return of John Cena to Raw. The return of Ferdinand. <laughs> yeah, pretty much to do some promoting work. Yeah, He's you know that movie apparently tanked at the box office. Really? Yeah, well, well the geniuses decided to, yeah, the geniuses decided to put it up the same weekend as fucking Star Wars. Did you go see Star Wars? Twice. So you liked it. Well, the first time I saw it, I was too drunk to understand. I do remember you telling me that. Yeah, so I saw it again and I loved it. I see now, it. I'm glad to hear that cuz I know you're a big Star Wars fan and my buddy Tyler's a big Star Wars fan and you guys both loved it. But I've talked to some other people who like Star Wars, but I wouldn't consider them big fans. And they didn't like it. Like, they had issues with some continuity issues and some of the things that, I guess, happened. I didn't get – I don't want spoilers. I didn't ask for specifics because Kate and I are going to go on Saturday to see it. But uh, it sounded like a lot of the stuff that annoys them would annoy me, and it kind of ruined the movie for them. I'll tell you unspecifically what I think about those things. If you're picking apart continuity errors and small little nitpicky things out of a movie that's about, like, furry aliens driving spaceships through hyperspace, fucking relax. You know, (laughs) like, it's a really fun movie. It's got a bunch of cool shit going on in it. It's got a bunch of cool themes, like... Luke is awesome. It's it's fun. It's I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I, I loved it. And I thought um, it was more in the spirit of the original movies than even the last one that they did. Well, good to know. Good to know. I will look forward to that. Like I said, I'm going to go on Saturday. Um, oh, so I broke the news on our webpage. Uh, somebody shared it with me, and then I shared it on SmackingItRaw.com that – Vince is starting up a side company that will not be taking any money from WWE. And the rumor was he was doing this to restart the XFL. Now, from what I was listening to on JR's podcast is nothing has been deemed that specific. It is the assumption that that is what he's going to do based on the fact that this company, the side company that he's getting investors for and he's using his own money to start, um, is said to be in the interest of getting into, uh, sports in particular and jr actually postulated that the owner of the carolina panthers will be selling his company at the end of the season and that vince grew up in carolina and is a big carolina fan so maybe instead of him restarting the xfl he may be purchasing an nfl franchise oh okay yeah that makes a lot more sense i really don't think he's gonna restart the xfl at fucking well no at, at, at fucking 200 years old, or however fucking old he is. 75. Like, now, it's just, no, there's no way. Well, here's the thing, and here's some good points. is If he did restart the XFL, A, 
he's pretty much handed the reins over for the most part to Stephanie and Triple H, more so to Triple H. He let Triple H run NXT. NXT became a huge success. So Vince is okay with allowing Triple H to start doing shit and him being able to focus on other shit. You know? Dude, no, after 75 years of... Or not 75. I mean, he's 75 years old, but how, however many fucking years since he started in the wrestling business. He's not just going to switch at 75 years old to go and do... He had interest in the XFL and getting into football... Back in 2001. Yeah, but never never in like a day-to-day kind of capacity. Like, he's still, yeah, actually, commi- he's still 100% committed to WWE. No, that was a big complaint. And a lot of wrestlers blame the fact that he put his focus on the XFL for the reason why the invasion angle failed. Because they felt Vince should have been there and more involved. And instead, he was focused on getting the XFL started. Yeah, but to, I mean, he getting it started, but would he have been there in a full time capacity after he I, started? I believe so because Vince doesn't do anything half assed. If Vince is going to do something, he does it full bore. You I know? feel like, especially after that experience, I feel like he would, especially at 75 years old, like, why would he start to do that now? Why would he leave the WWE now? Well, I mean, it's as good a time as any with the state of the NFL. If he really, no. if he was really passionate about the XFL, if you really wanted to pull some fans away from the NXL because everyone's hating on the NFL right now, if there was any ever any a time to try and compete with the NFL, now is the time. A very small fraction of people are hating on the NFL. They're still selling out stadiums, as far as I can see. But there are people burning jerseys, and it's not just controversy those over... Just, those are just people on the internet. Those are just random people on the internet. Like, their stadiums are still sold out. I, everyone I talk to is playing fantasy football and talking about football. Yeah, there's yeah and they're not saying it, positive things about it. It's not like, so, oh, football's so great. Like, they're all bitching about the way football is right now. Yeah. Look, man. XFL isn't going to work. It didn't work then. There's no way it could work now. It's impossible. It's such an it's such an absurd idea. I think he I actually a lot, I think he must have done a lot more cocaine back then or something because it's just an absurd. It's a really bad idea. I personally enjoyed the XFL and I'm actually hoping it comes back because, except for the Patriots and Tom Brady, right now there's really nothing to watch in the NFL. Like there's no team that I can root for, that I give a shit about. Even now that Jay Cutler is gone from my Bears, and we've got Trubisky, that team has got some rebuilding to do. And I just, I don't have the motivation to even sit down and watch any of their games because I know what I'm going to see. I don't even know what any of what you said means. I I understand that. But you know what you do know? You know who's winning on Raw. I'll tell you what, um... I picked winners and losers for SmackDown. I didn't pick any for Raw because I thought Raw was just stupid. I guess the women's division is the winners on Raw if you're going to put me up against defense because they're going to have the Royal Rumble. Okay, so and who who's losing on Raw? That should be easy for you. Everyone. Everyone else. You're not going to go same thing as last week? 
I know you don't remember what you said last week, but I do. What did I say last week? Finn, well, you said Finn Balor because you don't know how to pronounce people's names right. You're like Chris Jericho. But Finn Balor is what you said last week. And oh, okay. the reason you picked Finn Balor last week was because back-to-back weeks he had to face the Miztourage. Now this week he had to have a handicap match with Triple the Miztourage. And team up with a 205 Live guy. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Finn Balor is a loser. <laughs> Balor sounds cooler. If you say so. Who's? Uh, I am going to agree with that. As far as who's winning on Raw, I'm going to go with the Revival because they had a successful return without injuring themselves. <laughs> I Both of them are still ha- healthy after that match, so good for you, Revival. Perfect. Um, who you got winning on SmackDown? Uh, I got, um, Gable and Benjamin. That is a good pick. That is a good pick. Big win. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm going to agree with you on that. Um, I mean... Even with the entertaining Shane stuff, Shane and Daniel Bryan stuff, and uh, the strange Dolph dropping his title, like not a whole lot really happened on either show this week. So I will agree that's big for Gable and Benjamin. So who you got losing on SmackDown? Uh, the Riot Squad. Uh, it sucks that they lost that match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will agree with you again on that one. We are in agreement on SmackDown this week, Eric, for – my God. Once in, for once in our friendship, we found something we can completely agree <laughs> on. How do you like that? I don't like it. I feel dirty. Yeah. Man, what's happened to you, Matt? You're agreeing with me on stuff? You like Daniel Bryan now? You've changed. I, I have. Maybe, maybe these last two months of marriage have uh, altered me in some way, shape, or form. I guess so. Well... If you guys want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Ritter. That is at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R. You can also find us on Facebook at Smackin' It Raw or at Facebook.com slash Smackin' It Raw. Um, And please, if you get a chance, check out Creation Magazine on Facebook as well as the Super Flash Air or Creation Magazine presents super flashy arrow and creation magazine presents hashtag them thrones. Um, when game of thrones returns, you will be able to listen to the creation magazine hashtag them thrones podcast. Same thing with super flashy arrow when that returns, uh, late January, early February. And once a month, you can listen to the creation conversation with our other co-host who was not here this week, Travis pointer, and his co-hosts on that show, Mara and John. Eric, what do you got this week? You got me on uh, Smack and Raw Facebook page. That's where you find me. Okay, have you uh, figured out a schedule for your Skype shows? (laughs) Anytime. Did you message me on on Smack and Raw? 
I was going to say, did you change your Facebook profile to say your location is on Facebook, smacking it raw for me? <laughs> Not yet. I don't know. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I I'll send you a tutorial. Um, hey, do me a favor. Seeing as you and Travis never even bothered to give me answers for that war games thing I wanted to do, now war games is coming gone, and I've given up on that. Okay. I need about. I need some. I'm not even going to tell you how many, but uh, I've created a federation or a company on 2K18 that is smacking at Raw Wrestling. And I've made an arena. I'm working on pay-per-view arenas. But I need pay-per-view names. General, generic pay-per-view names. Not like, I don't need a WrestleMania. I don't need a Royal Rumble. I don't need like a month specific. I just need general, cool pay-per-view names that were not used by WCW, ECW, or WWE. Okay. So if you come up with something that you're like, all right, that's cool, shoot me some text, give me some ideas. All right, I'll, I can do that. All right. Well, Eric, that is it for this episode. All right, good night, everybody. All right. <laughs> we are smacking it raw, and we are that damn good. <laughs>